0: All right guys. Uh welcome to the Suffer Sooner podcast. Uh this will be the f- uh podcast where we have three average people doing some above average things. Um what makes this podcast worth listening to? Basically, we're not coming from pro perspective. We all have jobs, families, careers. Um we're uh and we're also not coming from a novice perspective either we're just uh we just really enjoy gravel and uh triathlon and endurance sports and uh above all is uh just trying to have a lot of fun out there and um, trying to be in the top 20 percent in our age groups so um i'm travis uh I'm a USA level one coach and a gravel enthusiast. I'm a father of three. I'm a nuclear engineer and I've been riding bikes for, I don't know, probably like 30 years. I rode mountain bikes when they didn't have shocks. Um, I rode Unbound 100 in 2021 and 200 in 2023. Um, I am by no means an elite athlete. Um, I'm a a heavy guy and, uh, you know, I'm I do enjoy my pastries, so uh, I strive for the top 20 20 to 25% in uh, most uh, bases. That's me and uh, I'll kick it over to Danny.
1: All right. Thanks, Travis. I'm I'm Danny. Uh, I too am just an average guy. I have uh, four kids. I have a full-time day job. I'm just a consultant in the healthcare industry. Um, I've only been riding since since 2000, and believe it or not, I, I started on a Peloton of all things. So I think we'll we'll cover that another time. That's an interesting start. Um, I rode the Unbound 100 in 2022. I rode the 200 last year, and really 2023 was a lot of firsts for me. I did my first marathon, my first half Ironman, first full Ironman, um, all last year. So it was a jam packed year, and you know we'll talk about some of the stories from that and. The process to get there in upcoming episodes, but um, a lot of fun um, and really excited to be here. So, looking forward to this. Serena, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, my name's Serena. I am the female perspective, I guess, in all of this. And frankly, I'm a little bit later to the party than some of you other guys. I first started triathlon in 2017 after my third son was born and mostly I did it to lose some weight and um, meet some new friends in a town that I had just begun to live in and I happened to find a personal trainer who was an Ironman athlete and that was kind of the beginning of the beginning for me. Um, I did triathlon for many years up until 2021 when I got um, some injuries and decided that maybe I should look at um, more seriously about the cycling aspect of it. It was certainly my favorite and um, where I felt like I could train at home better. I'm not great on a treadmill, but I can tolerate a um, trainer in my basement. So kind of like Danny last year was um, a big year for me. I did the Unbound 100. I did Big Sugar. There's some local racing that was is dear to me. There is a race in my hometown of Pratt, Kansas. It's called Open Range and might be one of the most difficult things I've ever done, but I was able to complete that 200-kilometer race this year on an e-bike after having COVID, which felt like a huge accomplishment. I was able to do um, another local race called Bad Astra and surprisingly found myself on the podium there. But I think what makes my perspective a little bit different is that I have three young children. They all do their own sports, and it's been a really interesting conversation between my husband and I on how do we support them in their activities and the things that they're passionate about, but also show them that as an adult, you can care about something just as much and be just as passionate. So kind of finding that balance between their schedules and their
1: lives and what's important to me as well. Hey Travis, have you ever met anyone that likes to suffer as much as Serena likes to suffer?
0: Uh, no. She's a, she's very gifted at that, and I tell her all the time. This is a uh, you know um, little transparency. Uh, I do coach Serena, um, and uh, so I come at it from a coaching perspective. I have coached Danny in the past. Um, I've helped him become uh, from a non-swimmer to a basically a one fifty-five, one minute fifty-five per hundred in the pool swimmer. I would say he is now. Yeah. Um, so, and, and basically, me and Danny train a lot together. So, That's right. you know, we're uh, training partners and all this. And Serena trains with us too. So, it's glad that you like them. We all go ride travel bike um, But yeah, like, uh, I, I think, um, yeah. So, the biggest topic we're, we're going to talk about today, I think, is going to be uh, Unbound. Right? That's on everybody's mind. We just had a lottery today. Uh, let's see who got in
1: um right here
0: got in third year in a row
1: it's crazy serena
2: today's my birthday it must have been a birthday present i don't know if it's going to be a good or a bad one but i got into the 200.
0: that's awesome that's awesome i travis, unfortunately travis, travis did you get in no i did not uh. unfortunately i did not i did not but that's the that's the thing of the lottery right it's uh it's all a crap shoot there's all things we can do to make it make it better, we can uh, raise money um, and donate to good causes, or we can donate our time and volunteer, which I'm going to do this year. While uh, we go down there, I'm going to go ahead and volunteer so I can guarantee my slot for next year, whatever that may be.
1: You know something else, Travis? Um, the the one thing about you not making it, you know what that really means is is that you know Serena and I get world class pit crew support. <laughs>
0: No. Yeah, you do.
1: Absolutely. All
0: right. <laughs> no, that, that's that's exactly what I'm there for. Um, I mean, that's like an included cost of Unbound, right? Like this this race is not cheap, right? Um, you know, if you're looking at riding the 200 miler, um, you're looking at $295 plus tax. Um, you're riding the 100-miler, it's $200. 50-miler, it's 90, $25, or 25-miler, 25 it's $55, $55. So um, that's just to get a timing chip or, like, your bib number and, uh, you know, access to water on the course.
2: Sometimes, if they Sometimes. don't
0: run out. If they don't run out, right? The pleasure of scraping the mud off of your bike is what you get. So...
1: I guess the question is: Is it it worth
0: it? Right. Is it worth it? And and you got to pay for a whole, you got to pay for a support crew, um, which I'll I'll send you guys my Venmo after this uh, podcast here real quick, Um, (laughs) and for for my support uh, for you guys. But um, no, like uh, you you have to you have to hire the support crew that basically schleps your stuff from aid station to aid station. If you're riding the 200 miler, you have two aid stations that you can get support from, and then you, if you're riding them hundred miler, you can get aid from one of them. So, you know, that, that's a, an added cost into this whole Unbound experience. So we okay. did,
1: we did the Unbound 200 last year, right, Travis? And it was, I bet we spent a thousand dollars each between the cost of getting there, the registration and all the things that you talked about. But looking back, even with the Mudfest, which I thought was actually a great time. We're, we're probably not going to get into too much of that here. But but the Mudfest was fun. And looking back and you think about the experience, you know, is there a better way to spend $1,000? I don't know. Right? I
2: think it's also interesting, too, in that, to me, it doesn't feel as expensive as when we pack it up and go to an Ironman. So, I. I hear people talk about, too, that this particular race is a destination race for a lot of people. It's their summer vacation. They have to get on a plane. They have to pack up their bike. They have to bring their family to Emporia, Kansas and rent a room. I can't imagine how frustrated I would have been last year had I invested all of that and then flamed out or tore my derailleur off in the first 15 miles I understand why people that feels really frustrating to some people. Whereas for me, it, it wouldn't been frustrating, I suppose. But at the same time, I'm only an hour and a half from home. So it is what it is.
1: So, you know, having done the, the hundred and the 200 and Serena, this, this will be your first year of doing the 200 and, and yes, you'll, you'll finish it. You'll do a great job. Um, but, but Travis, what do you think is the the best distance? you know you, you set the cost aside for a minute you, know, you don't worry about the expense of it but just what is the best distance for
0: this event what do you think well i mean if if you're just going to be a bucket lister person for in a check it off definitely do the 200 you you find out a lot about yourself on those 200 miles um you know you you go to some pretty dark places from mile 130 to you know 180 um, those are, you know, those are some hard, hard times, but if you're just wanting to get the feel of unbound and what, uh, awesome experience it is, I would say the hundred miler is, is probably the best, uh, bang for your buck. You can complete it. Uh, I've done it and you can complete it before the pros come in off the 200. So you see all these pro gravel, uh, bike riders cause lifetime, you know, is, huge uh more is the title sponsor of you know this is the lifetime um unbound it's owned by lifetime and it's part of the lifetime grand prix which is one of the biggest uh cycling um, events multi multi-race events in the u.s right now it has basically all the money is for cycling in the u.s is tied up in this um lifetime grand prix which we'll probably talk about in a future podcast, but for this uh, podcast, I would say let's let's we'll keep it to the unbound. But um, definitely the hundred would you know you get you get most of um, you get most of the two hundred route, and then you get a you know you you just get to be done with it, and you know in anywhere from six to eight hours, you know depending on your speed. You know some people a little bit longer, some people a little bit quicker. Um, but yeah, it's, you get a chance and then you get to experience the whole thing that is Emporia during race day. It's, it's, there is some, it's just, it's crazy. It's, um, the whole town comes out. I mean, it's, there's, there's people on the, on the side of the roads cheering you on. Like it is a big deal. It's in Kansas. I mean, it is a huge, huge deal in Kansas, which, which makes it special and something that I understand, like, yes, the, the ticket price to enter to show up is high, but, um, you know, that's, you know, basically to make sure that, you know, the people that are serious, you know, are, are serious about it, I would say,
1: you, you know, I, I think a lot of people have opinions on, is it worth <clears> it, <throat> it Cost too much, you know, why does it cost so much? But at the end of the day, we all keep signing up for it, don't we? So it's, um, it's, it's money that we set aside to go experience these things and and uh, whether you think it's worth it or not you know that's that's probably up to each individual i personally um i just try not to look at the credit card statement whenever this bill comes due but um but you know we have all done these the the unbound experience in the past and you know maybe it's a good chance for us to talk a little bit about some of the past experiences and you know serena last year was the the first time that that you did the unbound 100 maybe share with us a little bit about the, your story and, you know, kind of, you know, what did you learn from, from that experience and like what was some of the advice that you would give uh, to somebody that's, that's just kind of starting out for their first 100.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll take you back two years. So two years ago I bought a gravel bike and almost gave it back after our first 15 mile ride, because I found it so terrifying to descend on Um, gravel going downhill. Uh, I made it through that year and kind of my marquee race was a 100k in Pratt, Kansas, and it nearly killed me. So I spent the whole winter really thinking about whether this was for me or not. And as I think everybody knows, the end result was that it was. So I really looked at last year as the Unbound 100 being Kind of the pinnacle of my year, and a lot of things happened. And it, the training never goes as anyone plans. But I did show up that day, and I felt pretty prepared. Uh, I had ridden a couple races earlier in the season that had been hard. Um, things I felt like I knew what to do, regardless of what kind of came my way, except for that mud. I th- I knew that it was wet out there, but we had ridden the day before and it was all rideable. It was manageable. And I can't tell you the anxiety I felt when I crested that hill and saw people walking as far as the eye could see. I truly thought about at mile 10, turning my bike around and going back to Emporia. But I was riding with somebody else and he assured me we could do it. And so I descended into the mud pit and carried my bike on my back for hours. And Once I got through that mud, I thought to myself, well, I've done the hardest part. And I rode the rest of the day. I rode through the heat. I rode through an aid station that didn't have water. I knew that there was another rainstorm coming. And I knew that at that point that there was another mud patch. And I was going to do everything in my power to get through that mud, second patch of mud on my bike. And it took me yelling at some people to get out of my way. But I finished that race in... Uh, on a day that a lot of people didn't, and that just felt like such an accomplishment to me, I finished in the rain. I got to see the pros um, come across the finish line, so I would say that that hundred was one of my biggest accomplishments um, athletically ever, and would totally recommend it to an- anyone else, um, even though it was a really difficult day.
0: So, Serena, to I was I'm looking at your training peaks, and for that mud's first mud section it took you almost let's see here an hour and 20 minutes of walking with your bike on your shoulder (laughs) that's insane right like i mean we all did it me you i i mean i almost called you well i I turned to danny because we both hit the mud section at the same time and since we were riding the the first part of the route of unbound was we, the 100-milers and the 200-milers basically were riding um, together um, the same route. And I almost got my on my phone um, and was going to call you and warn you about the mud. But I figured if I did, um, you would have been like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I probably wouldn't have,
2: have done it. But at that once my tire hit that mud... My new mantra was, the only way out is through. And if I destroy my this bike, my husband's going to kill me. So I better carry it and try not to ride it.
0: Yeah, and you're, if I had destroyed my bike, my wife would have killed me too. There, there was no way I'd be riding again.
2: But I think that that was the other thing that was so funny about that day was, I did know that there was going to be some mud, so I was prepared. I mean, I had tools, I had a paint stick... I was just flabbergasted by the number of people out there who looked around and like, oh, I don't know what to do now that my front wheel won't turn. And I mean, I saw people climbing trees to get sticks to clean out their tires. It was the wildest thing that first section.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. Like we all we all knew it was raining because it rained that night, Friday night, really hard or yeah, Friday night really hard. Um and you know I told you guys uh about um using that park tool uh tool uh the the brush with the the plastic around it um about using that to clean your bikes and stuff but yeah I didn't see anybody um there was very few people that had uh paint sticks or anything that were prepared for the mud so I don't know if it was communication um or lack of preparation or did they you know do you did they come to the race thinking that it was, you know, going to be the best roads in Kansas?
1: I I think what people really learned is you you have to respect gravel. You have to respect gravel. You can't uh, you can't just show up and expect you're going to finish just because, right? And if there's one thing that I think we've all learned in riding gravel is is um, there are no easy miles out there, no matter what the conditions are
0: yeah definitely i i mean gravel like i you know my uh saying is gravel is the closest thing you get to riding a, a indoor trainer outside it's <laughs> it's constantly pushing against you every unless you're going downhill you know and you're heavy like me you know that's your only reprieve but after that it's it's full gas all the time
1: that's
0: right so um Danny, let's let's hear about your hundred mile story and your, you know, uh, your your two hundred mile story yeah. from Unbound.
1: Yeah, so so I did a hundred the hundred mile again back in twenty twenty two and um you know, I finished in like six hours and forty two minutes, if I remember right, which you know, it feels like a pretty big accomplishment is I, at that point, I was only two years in the riding, you know, riding a bike, let alone a gravel bike. I just started riding a gravel bike, um, that year. So, um, you know, that, you know, as you, you talked about at the top, Travis, our goal is really to try to finish in the top, top 20 to 25%. And if we, we can get there where we feel like that's a win. And I was fortunate that day that, that I was able to do that. And I think, you know, it went into, a lot of preparation my nutrition plan you you hear a lot about nutrition and we always talk about it you can't possibly eat enough on the bike and um you know i had a solid nutrition plan i think going into that race um and quite honestly I had a little bit of luck i mean you know travis you you did pit pit crew for me right and you remember that i pulled in i think you said i was probably an hour behind the leaders which seemed crazy to me at the time and yeah. just, just as i left the just as i left the stop and probably 2 miles down the road hitting the first gravel section the downpour of just you know torrential rain starts hitting and just pelt me in the face the whole time like that rain was ridiculous and and i think you know when i got to one of the b roads I could see water starting to fill up in the, in, in the, in the, you know, different, in the goalways and the tire tracks. And, and I, I actually, there was a volunteer on the course that just happened to be at that spot. And I said, I, I feel so bad for anybody behind me. That's, that's gotta go through this. Cause if you're not through this in the next 30 minutes with this kind of rain, it's going to be nuts. And, and, you know, again, I got, I got out in front of that, the stories of people after that, that talked about, you know, how they they had a mud they had a, a mud pit just like we dealt with last year on the 200 course and serena dealt with on 100 it's it's insane that broke that race up and and um you know i think that that's that's just something you have to you have to expect now at, at unbound it's it, the course is not forgiving and so i think that um you know between that experience you know and serena talked about the open range and i know we're going to talk about open range uh in an upcoming podcast because it's, it's one of the I think it's one of the best kept secrets in the midwest but that preparation from 2022 i think is what really helped set the tone for 2023 to get through the 200 mile and you know again it's you know the mud is the mud you know you can't you can't worry about that i know a lot of people you know chose to gripe about it and i i think that you know you can stand in there and complain about the mud or you can get through it and and move on because um it's not it's not going to dry up fast enough so um but you know 2023 last year that with the 200 mile. i think one of the funniest things that i i saw was at mile i want to say mile 180 somewhere in that in that range it was getting dark i wasn't one of the ones that beat the sun last year and i'm not kidding you this guy gets so ticked off his bike he pushes his bike over and starts kicking his bike on the side of the road and i i, I about <laughs> fell off my bike laughing at him i, could, I couldn't believe i would never seen somebody just shove their bike to the ground and start kicking it yeah that, that poor bike oh <laughs> so that's the kind of day it was though man i mean you got people kicking their bikes that bike didn't do anything to hurt you but um but that's just the kind of day it was it was a rough day last year it was a lot of fun,
0: a lot of fun. yeah
2: <laughs> and you know danny I- I don't know if I told you this. I saw I just saw a bike sitting on the side of the road with no person. <laughs> How do you get out of there and leave your bike behind? I just the things you see out there are, are wild. Yeah, so I
0: problem. was in the in the Flint Hill section where that, you know, we were coming back across going to the second um aid station at like mile, you know, whatever is mile one sixty or whatever. And yeah, I saw the same thing. Just some dude's bike propped up against the fence and there I mean it's there's nothing out there. Like, there's no trees. The brush is very short. You know, there's it's just cow pasture. I didn't see anybody.
1: Like, where anywhere. did he go?
0: Yeah, I'm like, did he just get <laughs> snatched up or what? Like, where where did he go that he just la- leaves the bike here? That's right. So that's just wild, right?
1: <laughs> well, I can tell you this year, you know, is going to be another another good year at Unbound. I mean, you know, no matter what the conditions are, they're going north. Right. yep go north. Now, you had a chance to ride north travis you, maybe tell us a little bit about that yeah so know. in
0: 2021 i did the 100 miler um and this is how much of a novice i was i didn't even know you needed a crew i just showed up and was like i was like hey guys what's going on uh and i'm like is there going to be water at these stops and and of course you know uh the volunteers the, you know, they're not told everything and, they, and they don't have to know everything to be a volunteer so they're like yeah there's water at these places i'm like cool so i don't basically you know to ride 100 miles i've done that so many times on a road bike i'm like yeah i'll just grab i'll carry some extra stuff and i'll ride 100 miles and i don't need this support crew what is this crap about you know um but luckily i there was a, a mutual friend of ours uh, adrian and she was there and she was doing it and um she was like, uh, "Yeah, you you kind of need a support because what happens if you get stuck out there?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't get stuck. You get stuck? What?" And so, um, yeah, I didn't even know that was an option. So luckily, she let me um, hang out with her all day, and I, I rode with her, and we talked, and had a good time, and uh, and just enjoyed the day. It was it got really hot in the afternoon, um, and and it was the B roads up north. Um, they're not. They're not muddy but they are rocky they it's some rocky chunky gravel up there um some and some steep ascents and some steep descents we saw i saw i don't know how many people um go uh you know head over the handlebars just descending that weren't you know they're just taking these risks um on the on the descents that you there's just no reason for it like you don't there you're not going to make your whole day in you know this uh 100 foot descent down a gully just so you can get it you know ascend back up the other side like it's just not you know i it was just not worth it when i saw him so the only thing uh, that i had was um i had a uh catastrophic like tire puncture um when we got closer to the flint hills Uh, I was crossing the road and one of the sharp flint rocks cut the sidewall of my tire. And so I had to uh, repair it. But luckily I had a flat flat kit and all that stuff and was able to repair it. But um, yeah, I didn't know anything about, you know, having a support crew or anything like that. So if I couldn't repair it and nobody was willing to offer me anything, um, I would have been walking out of the Flint Hills (laughs) because nobody... The one thing they don't tell you about Unbound too is that like you you're basically stuck there unless somebody can come and get you. The race organizer is not going to come get you. There's no sweeper crew that comes behind and picks you up. It's just um, it's just you. And if you got a good friend that it's got a four wheel drive, they'll come get you. Otherwise, it's like you hike your you hike yourself to a to a paved road and then you know uh, thumb it. Figure it out. That's right. Yeah. So oh. in. Yeah, go ahead, Travis. Yeah, so uh it was it was a good day and um you know, it it was, you know, in 2021 it was it was nice. We went by a lot of cool stuff and that's where I really kind of fell in love with with uh this Kansas gravel. You know, you, you a lot of people think of Kansas and they're like, "Oh, it's flat and, you know, it's there's not much out there. It's the Midwest," but I really kind of find um the views that you get from riding you know this ride and open range and some of the other stuff that we ride in kansas um i just find it awesome because the views are just amazing It just you know i think of awesome days on the bike and it's it's those views that kind of pop into my head of you know you're just looking over the flint hills and it just goes on forever like you can't you can't see where it ends just goes on and on
1: and I, i'll tell you that's that's really what it's all about you know we we talked about the cost of it but I mean, you just don't you don't put a price on that experience and you know some of us are fortunate enough to to live nearby and we could probably go experience that anytime we want but um it's there's something about the the event the the production and having these types of stories to tell it's it just makes it all all worth it i think so so we didn't you know we were all hoping to get into unbound this year and you know, two two of the three of us did. So, you know, Travis, I think you, you know, we always talk about goals at the beginning of the year. So, you know, what are the goals for unbound this year? And you know, Travis, I think, you know, you, you certainly wanted to, to beat the sun, right. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if, um, uh, get that opportunity in an upcoming year. But, um, I mean, isn't that really everybody's goal to beat the sun?
0: Ah, uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> i think i think it's for some people yes it's to beat the sun for some people it's uh you know you know do it under this hour mark um uh i think the goal is is always for me and is always going to be just to see that improvement it's just my goals are always process orientated like am i am i making uh am i taking steps to get to being faster, stronger, uh, you know, having more fun out there on the bike as much as you can. Like those those types of processes. I I will, you know, unless something catastrophic happens to the first third of the race, I will not be racing for a podium at most gravel races unless it's unless it's local and there's, you know, um, locally, yes, I probably can can, can hang with some people but I'm definitely by no means a podium finisher at, at a lot of this stuff. So my goal is always to just to look at the race and I look at it. Um, you know, most of the people that finish in the top 20%, they, they can beat the sun. So that's, that's my goal is to beat the sun. So.
1: Yeah, it's the same. So,
0: so Serena this is your
1: first 200. So I, I think, you know, it's all about setting realistic goals. you going to beat the sun this year.
2: I was about to argue pretty staunchly with you about beating the sun. I want to be able to not get swept off the course. I know that there are timing mats that you have to hit at a certain time. And for me, I am infamous for going way too hard at the beginning of a race and then having all sorts of cramping and other issues that really slow me down in the second half. So my goal is totally different. I wanna finish that race before They won't let me across the line anymore. And I think Travis gives me a hard time because I set my goals sometimes too low, but that's all I really want out of unbounded 200 is to say that I did it on my first try.
1: So I think that's, that's the interesting thing. It's like, you know, we, we're all admitted amateurs, right? We're not elite athletes. I would never claim to be elite or professional or anything close to that. But I think at the end of the day, it's about you got to set the right goal and and then put the work in. Right. And um, and I think that, um, you know, even if it is saying just finish, the best part about it, just finish goal is that, you know, you'll finish. That's not that's not it. You may surprise yourself and end up, you know, making the Midnight Club. Right. Yeah. And then and then if you have a really good day, you might end up beating the sun and you'll you'll just be just beyond excited about it and and i think you know having that realistic target and don't try to compare yourself to what others goals are i think is really the key and it really helps set you up for a good training mindset too
0: yeah um you know serena is uh she she races a lot like how i race um um is just hard from the start but luckily for me and then she's learning now uh that you um you can you can kind of recover from that if you're smart about it and you can and you can fuel yourself so uh it's just it's just one of those things that you learn in racing i mean you 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 know i still sometimes i i do it a lot on swift races i do that i go way too hard um i did it a cup at a at a race last year so it's it's a skill that that you'll learn and you have to just uh, you, you just you learn it, and, and the other part too is um, learning that once that does happen, how do you recover? Right? Do you you know you are recognizing that you've like, oh crap, I went way too hard. Like, what's my what's my thing now? I mean, that's that's where um, that's where you recover because I mean, you're not Serena, you're not the only one that goes too hard at the start. I mean, there's a lot of us out there that do that, so. <laughs>
1: Uh, there's a reason we call this podcast, the suffer sooner podcast, it's always <laughs> that fine line of how much, how, how much more can I suffer to get it over with faster?
0: Exactly.
1: So, so maybe we should kind of, you know, we've talked about some of the goals, but like, how are we going to get there? Like, so what, what are some of the training, uh, topics that we want to maybe share with the audience a little bit? So, um, cause I think that, you know, we're what five months out from, from unbound. And so what are are some of the things people should be thinking about right now and then what are some some tips maybe that we could offer up
0: well i would say from a coaching perspective uh, definitely you can't beat that that long easy ride Um, get that in start it now as soon as you can Um, if it's riding indoors you're riding easy you can either ride on something like Zwift and you just start out with like, oh, I'm going to watch, um, you know, a couple episodes of my favorite show on the trainer why I ride around Zwift easy. Um, or you, you know, keep it, you know, you just start building that weekly, my, that weekly long ride, the easy long ride until, you know, you uh, reach, you know, until you can start riding outside. And, and by easy, I usually mean like, anywhere from 65 to 75% of your ftp. Like it should be easy. Like you can carry on a conversation, you can look through your phone, you could type out an email if you need to. It's really just you're just turning the pedals up. But you're doing it constantly. You're not coasting. You're just continuing to do that. That would be my my thing.
1: Yeah, Serena, how about you? You have a tip for for folks?
2: It's interesting to hear Travis say that because that was really always the balance that I struggled to strike. I don't enjoy riding my trainer. I can probably ride it for about two hours until I feel like I'm sitting on a fence post and I just won't go on anymore. And really the joy of training and really all of this is just spending some time with my friends where my kids aren't chirping in my ear. So for me, It was about how do I get those long rides in with you two who are stronger and faster than me without blowing myself up for the whole rest of the week so I couldn't do the rest of my training. And for me, and some people have real strong feelings about this, my husband and I bought an e-bike. So now I just kind of tool along with you, making sure that I'm in that 60 to 70% range. And if I need a little assistance, then I take it and I don't let myself feel bad about it. So I guess my one tip is sometimes you just got to get creative with your training. Sometimes you got to figure out a way to make it work on the trainer and make it work outside. Or sometimes I ride really late at night because that's when my kids are asleep. Um, Just being creative to get it in um, in whatever way works for you.
1: That e-bike is the devil.
0: I love that (laughs) (laughs) e-bike. Call it the leg ripper. Yeah um
1: I, I think that's a really good point Serena get creative I I think the the toughest thing is is for most people especially you know that I found you know we you know we all have day jobs we all have families we're, we're all busy and and like you said Serena I mean sometimes you're you're late late in the evening doing a work I've seen your Strava you're 10 o'clock at night some nights getting a workout done which is just crazy but the one thing is is it's consistency and, and I think that, you know, you hear that a lot and it, it, it's a common tip, but the other piece of that is don't get caught up in all the data. You know, I think, I think one of the things that I always wondered, you know, I never, I never would have thought I was going to ride 200 miles through the Flint Hills of Kansas on a gravel bike. That's not, I never started riding a bike thinking, oh my gosh, I, I hope I get to spend 15 to 17 hours in the middle of, of, you know, uh, of, of fields and, and Flint Hills. But I I think that, you know, a lot of times that can be overwhelming. Where do you start? you just, you just do it. Don't get caught up in the data. Don't, don't, uh, don't worry about is my training regimen perfect because you know, what the pros may do is probably not the right plan for you. Right. I mean, Travis, we talked about this all the time, right? There are so many plans out there that, that, that get people wrapped around what the pros do and don't do. And the reality is, is the pros are on a different level the elite athletes are on a different level and you got to work your way to get to that type of volume and that type of intensity and, and all of the things that go into it for most people just get out there and get the work done. Right. I mean, it's just be consistent, get the work done. And, um, and then the results will happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Danny, you're completely right there with, uh, just, you know, I always go back to the saying of, um, don't let perfection or what perfect is the enemy of good um you know you just you don't need it to be perfect you just need it to be something so like you know if you're not feeling like oh man i don't want to do intervals today so i'm just gonna scrap my whole bike ride like no man just get on there and just spin around just turn the cranks over and you know and what's my biggest saying like is always like just get through the warm up. Get through the warm-up and you're just like yeah i'll bang out a couple of the you know these intervals or oh i'll just you know i'll ride for let's i'll ride for another 10 minutes and then you get to that 10 minutes and you're like well maybe i'll just ride for another 10 minutes next thing you know you're like two-thirds of the way through a workout or uh, a ride and you're like well i'm almost there so i might as well just finish it you know you it's it's a lot of just you know um may not be perfect on paper all the time but you know something is always better than nothing you got it
1: all right so we're what i say we're five months out five months out from unbound is it it too early to ask like what tires (laughs) it's never too early (laughs) like is it too early i think i think i've already seen people asking on the on all the the forums like well, what, what tires are you running? What pressure are you running? And you know, we always joke about it, but is it too early to ask at all? I don't think it is.
0: Well, since I'm not riding Unbound, uh, I'll put my two cents in. I'm going to ride the Specialized Pathfinder Pros, the, what is it, the 48 mils now?
1: 47?
0: 47 40, 47's They now. They
1: just, they just came out with a, a wider version last yep, year. That,
0: that widest version I'm going with. Um, and probably I'll be able to run it at, with my weight, maybe 40 PSI with inserts.
1: I think I converted you to those Pathfinders. Dude,
0: I? those Pathfinders, uh, yeah, you um, you let me have a pair last year. And that's basically, I used to ride the Victoria uh, Gr- Graville Zeros or whatever they're called. Um, they were good tires, but they were 38 Uh, mills Mm -hmm. and i just had to pump them up for my size i have to pump them up so hard that i was just getting beat up and then i started riding these wider uh pathfinder pros which are now which are 42s and those were amazing um and then um yeah i went back to and then now i'm going to go to the the bigger ones and ride all the local stuff on that
1: you know I, i'd like to know what some of the some of the listeners ride i mean i we joke about it all the time about what tires but you know the reality is those pathfinders have never let me down and i hesitate to change you know and and i i don't know if if they're the best tire or not i just know that they work for me and serena what do you write
2: You're asking me that in seriousness?
1: Ah. I,
2: ride, I ride whatever my coach and bike mechanic tells me to there put on there. Go. I have the right no answer. idea.
0: She's That's riding the, right. the Victoria, uh, the zeros um, wow. that have a smooth center and the the they have the like the chunkier outside, and they're the um, they are the 38 on there.
1: You know, I like this as an idea for a future podcast. We got to get into this a little bit on some of the different tires. I mean, it's it's such a hot topic for every race, and I, you know, you probably have a different set of tires for each race. You know, Serena and I both did um, Big Sugar last year, right? And and I would tell you that that's a that's a tough race too, and and I probably could have went with a little different tire to to have a little bit more grip. Um, I, I don't know. I've never ridden the North on on the on Unbound, so we'll get some test rides out there, you know, this spring, and we'll we'll give the Pathfinders a shot. I mean, they seem to be the tire of choice for a lot of people, but uh, I'd be interested. I want to I want to kind of hear from some of the, the listeners what what they ride and and um, you know maybe we'd have some options to to try some different different tires out there.
0: Yeah. So they're they're not the they're the Torino Zeros, and then I rode the Torino Drive dries in thirty eight mils. Wow. And Serena dry rides the Torina Zeros in uh, thirty-eight. So but they I think they're coming out looks like I don't know. I'll have to look but it uh, looks like maybe they're coming out with a wider tire. It looks like everybody's going wider now. Everybody's heard um the the new the new hotness is going wider. Yeah you know, um, it we'll isn't it that funny
1: there's a new trend every every year, isn't there? There's always yeah. a new trend? i I just saw i just saw a headline today about um about fasted training is coming back it's making a comeback and um so it's just funny it's like just as soon as you're convinced that all the experts have all the right answers and guess what it all flips on its head the next the next year and you know i think that's part of why you know the 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 conversation earlier about you know just don't get caught up in the data and what the pros are doing because one thing i can guarantee is the pros have access to a lot more data and a lot more money than any of us do and and they 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 have the ability to 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 you know test all this stuff out we're just we're just the average average riders out here trying to have a good time
0: yep yeah and and just do what works for you you know there's some people that can i don't know ride 100 miles and eat a beef stick you know that from yeah i had a hot dog last year yeah like the thought the thought of that of eating a hot dog, you know, 160 miles into a ride, I would just throw up on just, you know, just on uh the, the thought of it alone. But here you are just down in the hot dog and was like, This is the best thing that's ever happened to me.
1: Something about all the sodium <laughs> and nitrates and just going.
0: Like ketchup and mustard getting it go- getting it getting it done. So right, that's right. All right. Well, hey, this has
1: been a great conversation, Travis. You want to wrap us up here?
0: Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, that's great. I think uh, we'll uh, hope to see everybody again um, in the in the few in the future weeks coming. Um, we're going to talk more about Unbound. We're going to talk more about other things going on. Um, I want to thank uh, Danny and Serena for joining me. And uh, let's uh, let's get out there and suffer, guys. Suffer sooner. Suffer sooner.